0: And welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You are joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, Zara McDonald, and hello, producer Annabelle Lee. Hello. Hello. Coming up on today's show, Troye Savanne's fast becoming the most exciting celebrity to follow right now. Alexa Chung has shared her 40 best pieces of life advice, and we're obsessed. Sophie Turner has entered her French girl phase. People think Emma Chamberlain should go to college. And it's time to play Slow Newsweek again. Those lazy celebrities. (laughs) What a joy. First, Michelle, how are you? How is your week? Do you have a recommendation for me?
1: I have a head cold. I feel like half of Australia does. I right think now. they do. Everyone I speak to is like, I'm not sleeping at night. I feel like shit. And I'm joining the bandwagon. <laughs> do I sound weird? In my um, head, I sound incredibly strange. I don't think weird is the right word. You you sound like you have one. A little sick. Yeah. <laughs> for the listeners, we have to like set our volume for headphones when we record, and my volume is so high today because my ears are just blocked. <laughs> Like all I can hear is just like an echo in my You're own just head. Just watching my lips move, and that's how we we'll do the show today. God help us! I obviously have been a bit run down. I have needed something sugary. I'm pretty sure I recommended season one of this show on the podcast when it aired last year, but I want to recommend Love Triangle on Stan. My best description of it is married at first sight light i actually feel like you have recommended this before but i've completely forgotten what it is it's a reality tv show it's all about dating setting up sexy singles together it's australian it's australian it's from the producers of married at first sight look is it going to blow your socks off or blow you away no will it pass the time (laughs) absolutely and for that. You're welcome. And isn't that all <laughs> life is about?
2: <laughs> that's actually that's all my brain can give anyone this week. So enjoy, everyone. What about you? How was your week? What do you recommend? I have a couple of recommendations. I also
0: have a TV show to recommend. It is just dropped on Apple TV. It is called The Buccaneers. I was lucky enough to get pre-screeners for this, and you bet I've already watched all eight episodes. These are dropping weekly as well. So the the whole series is not going to be out till December. I can tell you I've watched the whole thing. It's amazing.
1: I have a confession for you. What? You texted me during the week, hey, I can get you pre-screeners for the Buccaneers. I read that and I was like... Is that a sport team? <laughs> I was it's, like, yay! It right. sounds like a sports team.
0: I haven't even told people what it is. Before I do that, I also got Annabelle the screeners because I thought
2: she would like it. Did you watch it? I've also watched every damn yeah. episode. Oh, no. It is so good. Okay. How much sport is involved? No, oh, it's it's not, absolutely zero. It's not <laughs> real. So
0: this is a period drama. It's a oh. romance period drama. If you loved Bridgerton and you are missing Bridgerton, this is the show for you. It's Basically, a similar, I'm going to say similar setting as Bridgerton. I'm sure history experts will be like... (laughs) You're probably like 250. Yeah, (laughs) like completely different years. But I guess half the show is British, half the show is American. So you've got a whole group of women from New York City in some period of Perhaps, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps the... <laughs> You're like I actually don't know. In? Do you know? I don't know either. Years and years and years ago. <laughs> uh, who go over to London to the society set to try and find husbands. You guys know the drill. It's amazing. I have to say, Annabelle... There was some darker themes that I wasn't expecting. Oh, yeah. But it was balanced pretty well because I felt pretty light afterwards. That's the thing. It's like a really light show at its surface level. So when some storylines went where they did, I was like, I was not expecting Ah, this. yeah.
1: I clearly missed something because you are so onto this. It's not even out yet, and you've watched the whole thing. And you were super excited that we were getting screeners. What cultural moment did I miss about this show? I truly stumbled on the trailer on TikTok ah,
0: about a month ago. Okay. and Annabelle and I were talking about the trailer because it used Olivia Rodrigo's guts
2: to kind of promote it. So All it's- American Bitch, the song. Yeah. yeah, this
1: sounds, guys. It just sounds like Bridgerton.
2: It kind no, of is. <laughs> <it's-> <laughs> I would say maybe it's because I haven't watched Bridgerton in a while. I'd say it's better. You <gasps> think it's better than Bridgerton because it's. Top could this be a competitor because is yeah.
1: launching later this year? Yeah, on, and it's
0: Netflix, Apple Ooh, TV. But, guys, okay. if you love Bridgerton, if you love a period drama, I couldn't recommend this enough. I just adored it and there's nothing better than having a show – you feel passionately about. I haven't had that in a while.
2: Yes, and the main character is named Annabelle, but her nickname is Nan. Nan. So I'm going to try something new in the office. No, I'll no, keep you no, updated no, on no, that. You have just gotten us to call you Belly <laughs> for the, the first, the first time.
1: Temporary. How long have we worked together? <laughs> Seven years, all up. Oh, We've just yeah. started calling you Belly. You are now set with Belly as a nickname for at least two years. No, no, I'm going with Nan <laughs> 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 because
0: you're right. The main character's name is Annabelle. She goes by Nan. So you can be Nan or Botley, whatever, Botley. Whatever, whatever kind of comes out. I have a. a Quick second recommendation for you. Obviously, I have to recommend this. Schwartz Media have just come out with a podcast about Rupert Murdoch. It is called Rupert the Last Mogul. It's, I think, six parts. The first part dropped last week. It's kind of a documentary style profile of Rupert Murdoch. The first episode, of course, is on his early years and career. And I just loved it, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I am shocked. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's really good. I'm loving it already. I also think the stories that you can tell of someone like Rupert in his early years say a lot about the kind of businessman he became. Yeah. Like, you know, he kind of had elements of his ruthless personality even then. So, I mean, I know this is not going to be as much of a crowd pleaser as the Buccaneers, but if you are Murdoch (laughs) inclined, content-wise, oh, not even content-wise, if you are Murdoch inclined uh, (laughs) succession-wise,
1: listen to this. Where does it rank amidst all the other... Murdoch related content pieces Well, I, this has to be number 10 for you on this podcast well, you had to have recommended nine Murdoch related <laughs> things before this one
0: yeah well there's only I've only listened to one episode at the time of listening so when I finish the series I'll come back to you and tell you where it sits okay but you're right it could be sitting at number 10 and and it would still be a love for and you. it would still be the top
1: <laughs> 10 content pieces i've ever consumed um shall we jump into the quick and dirty today though yeah let's do it guys as always we're bringing you the top five stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle zara murdoch mcdonald what have you got for us Thank you. Our first
0: story. See you in two months. For it, boy, Troy Sivan. A second date is a luxury. That is from the Sydney Morning Herald. Oh my god! Sort of an an entryway. This headline for us to talk about the fact that yes, Troy Sivan was profiled by Good Weekend this week, but also it's time to properly talk about him again.
1: Yeah. Can we actually just have a chat about Troy Sivan because I feel like it's been a conversation in the office that we are just obsessed with what he's doing right now. He's obviously just released his new album. It's called Something to Give Each Other. This profile with the journalist Brody Lancaster was really wonderful. I'll actually say it was one of my favourite Australian celebrity profiles I've read in a really long time. You read it over the weekend as well. Yeah,
0: I really loved it as well because it also spoke about Troy's new home are we calling it a homeware slash lifestyle brand he's he's doing a lot right now and i really loved this passage from Brody about Troy. She wrote, a self-made performer who's shown the work at every step of his career like a student doing a maths test, he succeeded not in spite of, but because of his apparent contradictions. A Perth-raised kid grounded in his home in Australia, but with global relevance. A fixture on mainstream charts who equally satisfies discerning critics. He manages to be a local of Melbourne, his adopted home, and hold a spot on the Met Gala's exclusive invite list. If men could be it girls, he'd be a prime
1: nom He's just so refreshing yeah. right now. Like, I feel like every week, Troy Sivan is doing something new that is different to what is already out there. Like, he's also really revived the art of putting out a really conversation worthy music video yes every music video for this album so far has just been epic from the choreography in the rush music video which came out it was in july it was when we were in europe that was incredible to then the surprising elements of the most recent music video for the single one of your girls in that video troy dressed up as a woman and gyrated and kind of did this like sexy dance for ross lynch ross Lynch is one of the most relevant actors slash singers of the moment. He is, first of all, incredibly attractive, which I think draws a lot of people into the music video, but also just incredibly popular right now. He has more than 11 million followers on Instagram. So for Troy to get this collab with Ross Lynch for that one of your girls' music videos, it's just a revelation. The number of times I have watched this music video is borderline unhealthy.
0: I love that though. And I think the other thing as well is my favourite song of choice at the moment is Got Me Started. And Mm -hmm. I think a huge part of that is the sampling of Bag Raiders, which is just like such an, an old cultural moment in and of itself. And I think for me, I was actually having a conversation this morning with someone about podcasts and content and all of those kinds of things. And we were saying that sometimes what I'm looking for in content is spunkiness and i think that's exactly what he's doing very well is all i'm craving right now and maybe that seems like quite a vague word for people that spunkiness. don't work in content but i
1: like spunkiness which is like what's fresh what's fun what's, what's authentic sorry this sounds like i'm on a self-help podcast now what's authentic to them yeah, what's smart what's like, different about them yeah yes,
0: exactly and like what's a different take and i feel like troy is sort of like embodying Spunkiness. It makes, right me, now.
1: it makes me excited to be Australian and see yeah. so many. I feel like we're in a time right now where so many Australians are killing it overseas. Jacob Elordi, Margot Robbie, Troy Savan. Like there are just so many young Australians really rising up.
0: Yeah. And I think the other point that you made that was a really smart one is like, it's so obvious that someone like Troy, who got his start essentially on YouTube who was able to cut through a YouTube landscape is still cutting through today on a TikTok landscape because it's like those skills that will translate to that fresh kind of content and actually knowing what will make people talk about you. He
1: knows social media to a T and that's why I think a lot of this PR is actually from Troy's own brain, yeah. which is really exciting. Like he he was one of the first celebrities to collaborate with Tube Girl on TikTok when she was really going viral. His video with her which was dropped just as he released his album, got 6.3 million views. He's just killing it. I also, going back to the profile just really found his perspective on fame and celebrity really fascinating. He told Brodie Lancaster, it's just not real, as in fame. It's really not. Everything revolves around you. Everything is taken care of for you. A lot of other people's jobs rely on you. And then you're also being perceived by all these people online who will freely share their opinions of you or your body or who you're dating. And I think all of that adds up. And if you can't escape, that's really scary. For me, it's always important to know that it's going to come to an end. I think where you really, really can get fucked up is if you get trapped in it and you believe that it is real life or you don't have that safe home base to come back to. It's
0: an incredibly grounded quote. For me Mm. this guy that's clearly like able to still find himself and his center amongst like the noise of the level of fame that he's experiencing right now i i really loved that and i think it's probably the only way to survive in that kind of industry to say fame is an illusion basically Mm. and that's the only way you can do it. I mean, it sounds like this podcast is now sponsored by Troy. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, do we need to throw in like a that semi-neutral be... comment about Troy? Because I'm feeling fanatical. No, and <laughs> it's one of those things as well. We're saying he's like so, you know, fresh. A fresh thing would be sliding us money under the table <laughs> for a sponsored segment. <laughs> just kidding, guys. We'd never do that.
1: But, um, I would. I would. <laughs>
0: Troy. No, I mean, I just, I can't wait to see what he does next. I think it would be, would have been incredibly easy for a celebrity like him who kind of His music was peaking maybe five, six years ago to have slowly fallen off the face of the earth, but that is kind of the opposite of what's happened in the last year. Our second story, on her 40th birthday, Alexa Chung shares 40 pearls of wisdom with Vogue. That is from Vogue, of course. Um, (laughs) Alexa Chung turned 40 over the weekend and it reminded me once again of how she will always have this enduring it girl persona. Yeah,
1: from an it boy to an it girl as you said, Zara, in that headline in celebration of her birthday, she did share 40 pieces of life advice with Vogue. I mean, Vogue and Alexa Chung have such a storied relationship together. Yeah. They often collaborate. Also, props to Re in our office for bringing this to our attention. She popped it in Slack because she wanted to recommend it in an Instagram story series. And then we said, ah, 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 that's going in the episode. For the show. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, thank you to Re for giving us this combo starter. I mean, I will always get around a list, like. Like this right i
2: am i am sick for Is it them an age thing or like annabelle are you into this i am into it the list reminded me a lot of dolly alderton yeah and her vibe i i
0: think that there's something about alexa chung where people will take what she says both about style and life often as gospel. I wanted to pull some out and chat to you guys about them. I mean, I'm going to do them in order that they kind of fell in the list, but I loved number six, which was sit out a trend if it doesn't suit you. I would love to wear low-slung Y2K jeans. Unfortunately, they didn't suit me then and they don't suit me now. I have made my peace with this. Great advice. I mean, I loved it. (laughs) I do. I have have to move through the world and, and see other people
1: in trends and say
0: amazing for them. Just not for oh, me. Can
1: I come in with one? Please. My other favourite one was number nine. If you're experiencing abnormal menstrual pain, go to the doctor. If the doctor doesn't believe you, go to the doctor again. It is a shame we have to advocate for ourselves in this way, but gender disparity still plagues our medical system and women's health is woefully under-researched. You know your body. Please keep seeking answers. A hundred percent. I could not agree with that more. Every woman listening to this, every person listening to this, if you're experiencing abnormal period pain or anything in that area, See someone. Well, I don't know many women who wouldn't relate to this, to be
0: honest. I yeah. wouldn't know many women who've experienced pain who haven't had that downplayed by doctors or who have actually downplayed it to themselves because they've.
1: I did it to myself. Yeah. I didn't have a doctor do this to me. I had heard about doctors doing this to other women. And that conversation, I think, prolonged me going and getting the help and getting. I'm, I've now got a diagnosis of endometriosis. We are endo twins. Yeah. Are. I heard that happening so much that I internalised it and thought, well, there's no point. I'm not going to get help, which wasn't the truth. I then found a really good GP and a really good gyno and did get the help. Yeah. And I think the other
0: part is like women move through the world expecting pain. Like, I don't know many men who experience the same level of pain that women experience. And we're told it's part of having your period and all of these kinds of things. But it's not normal and it doesn't have to be normal. And as Alexa says, go to the doctor and advocate for yourself. Back to uh, another sugary one. Yep. <laughs> Number 13, new accessories can revolutionise a tired wardrobe. Bored of your coat tie a belt or scarf around it. Sick of your shoes? Consider a weird coloured sock. Red, white or ribbed grey are my
1: favourites. I don't know if white is a weird colour. <laughs> well, yeah, that's so true. I do love a red sock.
0: Yeah, boring shirt. What does it look like with a turtleneck under it or teamed with a nice bra and barely done up? Dell sweater, add a brooch or anything else a magpie might enjoy such as a thrifted ridiculous clip-on earring. In the same way, you can strong arm pasta into tasting delicious by slathering it in cheese. Never overlook the power of a well-applied accessory. I think that's really beautiful advice in a world where we're all trying to be conscious of what we're buying, but still, for so many of us,
1: get very excited about fashion. Like, I love a new outfit, but can you make a new outfit from what you've got at home? A hundred percent. Another one we really enjoyed was number 14. I used to live in fear of seeming stupid if I didn't know something. One of the most rewarding things I've come to know is that nothing bad happens if you say, I don't understand what you mean. Obsessed with that. To add to that, I think it's also really healthy and mature to sometimes say, this is not my area of expertise. There are other people better placed who know more about this. I'm sitting this one out to give their voices some time. Yeah,
0: I also agree with that.
1: This is a bit savage, but I think this
0: is my personal favourite of any advice or life thing ever. Number 15, uh, nobody wants to hear about the dream you just
1: had. <laughs> I, I still forget this. I know it to be true, and yet if I have a particularly weird dream, I'll still come into the office and be like, guess what, guys? And then there's just crickets in no, response. No, I try to indulge, and that's the thing. It's not like I've never
0: heard an interesting dream story. There are exceptions to the rule, but just generally really I
2: sit there and I'm like, but this didn't happen. Like, (laughs) but what if it involves the person? So what if I come to you, Zara, and go, I have a dream. I had a dream about you.
1: I care about that, Annabelle. If you ever dream about me, tell me. (laughs) I do care because I feel like it represents something psychologically, and I want to unpack the meaning of what that might be. All right,
0: let's poll people for your say Friday.
1: Do you want to hear
0: about dreams? (laughs) Zara's
1: uninfluenced.
0: Zara's like, I still don't give a shit if you dream about me. (laughs) Not at all. Number 19. Sorry, I know there's so many here, but I really love these. Your cringiest experiences will become your funniest stories. It's so funny. I had this like really embarrassing moment a couple of months ago of which I will not share on the podcast because I actually don't Mm. think it's (laughs) podcast-worthy or appropriate. And I didn't actually, it happened at a wedding. I was so- Oh, I
1: know what this is. I was so (laughs) mortified about it.
0: I'll tell you after. I was so mortified about it that I didn't tell anyone. And then recently (laughs) it kind of involved like a mutual friend. And recently I kind of remembered that the story happened and I told Ray in our office because she's sort of a mutual friend with this person and I was like oh I forgot to tell you this thing happened but the way that I told the story I realized I'd completely set the moment free and told the story and was laughing at it to myself to be like that is objectively funny like that's an incredibly funny thing to happen and it just reminded me once again that even cringy moments
1: are good for the plot a hundred percent what can give you a nightmare today will be great content in two months time yeah a hundred percent I mean I think as obvious this this take is as well about Alexa Chung
0: by the way is reading this and kind of I think she's been everywhere this weekend because of her 40th birthday. She's been posting on Instagram. There are a few pieces around about her. I was trying to think what makes an it girl like Alexa so it. And I think that there are, of course, a few factors. Of course, a huge one as well is looking a certain way. I don't think we can deny that. There's a size and style. Yeah, I was going yeah, in particular that yeah. we consider it, I think it's also like this illusion of effortlessness, which means they have to be beautiful without looking like they try to be beautiful. They have to look like Parisian. Yeah. So I, I think all of that is true. But I think beyond that, I do actually think it's like the confidence. It's having the confidence to pursue things that are actually most authentic to you I can't believe we've said authentic twice in this episode (laughs)
1: authenticity I I do I
0: think it's like it's not getting caught up too much in trends it's having the confidence to be and say what you want to say and it's like maybe a general lack of self-consciousness which is tough and a huge emphasis on self-assuredness that we consider to be it and I actually think that's helpful for a lot of us to take away to be like yes aesthetics play a huge part of it But I think there's a whole other array of stuff too that has an impact. Completely
1: agree. Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. (laughs) Back to Michelle's French. Everyone says I pronounce that incorrectly. Can I please have a quick lesson? What am I doing wrong? But I think I keep getting DMs saying when I, I first of all people keep saying that I'm saying it too much je ne sais quoi oh, I. Think- je ne sais quoi too much and that i'm saying it incorrectly so please feedback well
0: i i mean i'm not french <laughs>
1: i thought it was je ne sais quoi je ne sais unless quoi? they want us to have a french accent and which would be in real danger so no, I no, tried because to do every that. time on the weekend i was away with family and Mum kept going would you like a croissant and I'm like, it's croissant it's <laughs> <laughs> so bogan just croissant it's like do you call it ibiza or ibiza
0: ibiza ibiza i say ibiza as well but is that is that are you doing what you you don't want your mum to do Oh, maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> I think we're, we're, you know what? We're full of inconsistencies <laughs> <as, as laughs> Okay Hey, be authentically you, yeah. guys. Be <laughs> authentically you. Guys, coming up after the break, Sophie Turner has ended her French girl phase just like Michelle has. <laughs> Croissant! <laughs> yes. People think Emma Chamberlain should go to college and, of course, it's time to play Slow Newsweek. Our third story is this:
1: the start of Sophie Turner's French girl phase. That is also from Vogue. Yeah, guys, in case you missed it, Sophie Turner was papped on the streets of Paris last week, kissing aristocrat and kind of former royal Peregrine Pearson. The <laughs> <Sorry>. photos. <laughs> well, no, sorry, it's a beautiful name. <laughs> Peregrine does go by Perry. Yeah, oh, it's okay. a it's such an aristocratic name. Dare mm-hmm. I say, Peregrine, nice for a girl name. I
0: quite like Perry mm. uh, for boys or girls. Yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe. It's a dangerous territory when you start talking about names, isn't it? <laughs> but it just, he sounds like an aristocrat.
1: He does. The photos of these two kissing were taken about two months to the day after divorce papers were filed between Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. It was the tabloid The Sun that got the exclusive to the pics, Zaz.
0: Yeah. Now, they were Pat sharing the kiss at... Gardenaud <laughs> <laughs> railway station before they headed to the rugby world cup final according to people magazine he is the heir to the cordry <laughs> oh, i'm going to find a way to bogan this up accidentally the cordry estate in west sussex in britain when he inherits the home he will be the fifth viscount Caudray which reminds me of the time on the show that we didn't know Viscount was pronounced Viscount and we used the word, we said
1: Viscount. We said Viscount and I'm pretty sure in the same episode, instead of Vermouth, we said Vermouth. Yeah,
0: and my mum had a field day of text
1: messages. <laughs> I only learned it was Viscount because of Bridgerton.
0: Now also potentially out of interest, his most recent ex was the Greek and Danish Royal Princess, Maria Olympia. She's also King Charles's goddaughter. They're thought to have split in July, Quite a circle, Sophie's
1: moving in. Yeah. Now, when we shared these photos on TikTok and Instagram, we were excited. We were like, look at our gal go. She's kissing a guy who is a pretty high flyer. I mean, his family is reportedly worth hundreds of millions of pounds. He's pretty tall. He's pretty good looking. We were happy for Sophie. The listeners were keen to raise a point that they think Sophie didn't look into the kiss. Do we want to talk about this? It kind of looks like he's grabbing her shoulders and he's leaning in and she looks a bit like stiff. a board yes and I agree with that she does she doesn't look spectacularly into it
0: do you, but you it think could just take taken be... by surprise that he kissed her in public or conspiracy theorists might suggest he
1: saw a camera and just went straight in and oh, that's why yeah. she's different and dark it is weird isn't it yeah. To think about it like go for your life obviously I want Sophie to go out there and kiss aristocrats But for this to be photographed in public two months after the divorce, while they're like, divorce proceedings are still going on, was surprising. I am surprised, especially in Paris. I think
0: she could have been a little more incognito in Paris. Like, I am surprised that there was a photographer there waiting for the the photo. So we
1: suss on Perry, Well... Peregrine? Pez? I Potentially. Why yeah, not be? I think I am sus I'm just going to decide to be. <laughs>
0: not you calling him pet. <laughs> Come on now. Reminds me of those little poppy lollies that yeah. used to have as a kid. Bring him back. Our fourth story. People online think Emma Chamberlain should go to college. That is from
1: BuzzFeed. We are going to play you guys a little snippet because there was one video posted to TikTok recently that kicked off quite the viral trend. Here's a clip of that video.
2: I genuinely don't say this to be rude, but Emma Chamberlain's podcast genuinely is just a girl that needs to go to college. I'm not saying that in the way that means, oh, she's dumb, she needs to go to college. She's just clearly a girl that needs to riff ideas with people. And sometimes they need a little feedback, right? Like, I think sometimes she gets a little in her echo chamber. I also think it would give her a lot of stuff to talk about because she wouldn't be just thinking of the content ideas on her own. She would instead be guided by a syllabus or just get ideas from being out in academic spaces, which is clearly the direction that she wants to take her podcast. Alrighty,
0: Mish. Now that video about Emma Chamberlain and about Emma Chamberlain's podcast has over 500,000 likes on TikTok. The top comment actually has 100,000 likes. And that comment is, this is why I love Brittany Broski's podcast. She is so knowledgeable about so much. I am constantly learning things from her while also laughing.
1: Obviously, Brittany Broski is a fellow content creator, does more like comedic style TikToks and content. I would say she has a semi-philosophical podcast that's like a monologue. Very, very similar format to Emma Chamberlain's podcast, which is called Anything Goes.
0: Yeah. Now, another video that has 612,000 likes. And now this is a genuinely sparked a movement, guys. Like, it's everywhere all over TikTok. Has the caption, me listening to Emma Chamberlain's philosophical epiphanies, which are literally
1: thoughts I had at the age of eight. Whew, again, top comment on this video. I just find the repetition fascinating. Again, with more than 100,000 likes likes was this. That's why we love Brittany Broski. She went to college and is so good at articulating her feelings. So two videos with more than half a million likes with the top comment directing people to another woman's content that they say is better.
0: Yes and, and this has as we said it's become like a TikTok movement. Other videos in the same vein have hundreds of thousands of likes. Now As we said, it sort of started with stuff around why it's obvious that she didn't go to college or should go to college. But now it's gone beyond that to discourse more generally about why her show simply doesn't work. I mean, I think the obvious point here, we have to zero in on the college stuff. It's really fascinating to me that people are like, oh, it's not like it matters if you go to college or not. The argument, of course, is like her her opinions just need to be humbled here and there. To which I, I have two points to make. The first is, well, that is you actually being snobbish about college because you're assuming that the only place in the world where your opinions can be challenged is in a tutorial set up mm. at college mm. and the second thing I would say to that is you're running on the assumption here that she doesn't have her opinions challenged all day every day. This is a woman who had to give up posting on YouTube because the feedback was too intense and that feedback loop was kind of overwhelming to her. Mm. It's absurd for anyone to assume she doesn't have an outlet where people tell her that her opinions are wrong.
1: This is really really fascinating to me. I, When I saw this happening I put it in our Slack channel I and was like I just I don't think this is for the podcast but I I'm seeing this pop up here and there. And then all of a sudden, within 24 hours, it was all over my feed, these videos. And I was like, no, we absolutely have to talk about this. I am equal parts. Actually, I'm probably more fascinated by what's going on here than I am annoyed. Like, I do find this slightly annoying. I really do. That, again, this is a very successful woman that people are taking pot shots at but more than that, I really, really want to figure out what's going on here. It's such a popular movement. This is such a popular sentiment amongst young women. What is it about calling out Emma Chamberlain as being, quote unquote, uneducated? What is it about saying she didn't go to college, that young women adore? Is it this idea that Emma Chamberlain is so successful she's invited to the Met Gala these days, so successful she doesn't need YouTube anymore, so rich, so famous, so wealthy, so beautiful, da-da-da-da-da, that the one thing we can pull her down on is that she didn't get the college experience so many other young women did. Is this like the one chink in her armour that people have identified that they can go for? I just, I need to understand it because I find it, fascinating that it's this popular this widespread this quickly
0: well i think for me when you actually did put it in the slack channel i should say that i came back to you and i was like i don't know if this is for us like it feels repetitive to me like we had a huge conversation about matilda Jerth the other week we had a huge conversation about our desperation to rip young women down assuming that we're doing it for some noble cause or that we actually care about these things and i was like are we just gonna have the same conversation again and then as we we spoke about it back and forth last night of text i was like do you know what the pattern actually is important to note. Like it is really important to know it, to be like, what actually is going on here? Mm. And are we starting to use TikTok as a platform to kind of create these conversations so that we're bringing people down? Like I feel like I haven't seen such intense internalised misogyny in a few years. Mm. Like I actually feel like we had an okay year or two. And now I'm seeing this intensity flood my TikTok feed. And you were like, I genuinely want to know if TikTok is like prioritising these videos and yeah, the algorithm. I think
1: it is. I think there's something to be said about the TikTok algorithm platforming this stuff. Of video because there's just such a groundswell. Every time this happens, where it rises up, whether it's about Matilda Jerf or about Emma Chamberlain, it just feels like this tidal wave coming towards one person and TikTok's algorithm. I mean, certainly I haven't even liked any of the videos. I saved one of them because I always do that if it's something I want to talk about in the podcast. I saved one and now I'm fed every single one on my feed, like fed every single video. I think one thing. And obviously, I'm going to point out, I am a podcaster, so obviously this will hit slightly close to home, more than the average (laughs) person. But it is fascinating to me that people want to come for this podcast and want to come for Emma Chamberlain, when by design, podcasts are something you can opt into. Like podcasts are not forced upon us. They're not foisted upon anyone in the same way that radio shows or TV shows were back in the day where you maybe had four options for what you could consume. If it's not for you, it's not for you, which is so fair enough, anything goes is not for me. I love Emma Chamberlain, but the podcast just isn't my taste. In the same way, Shameless will not be the taste for so many people and not be their preference. What is it that compels people, though, to be snarky about a woman's lack or perceived lack of education and make content out of it? Anything Goes is so successful it has over 200,000 ratings on Spotify. 4.9 stars out of 5. Yeah. I would say that's pretty incredible. In fact fucking incredible. I, I don't think you get much bigger than that. If it's not for you, just don't listen. Yeah. If you want to listen to Brittany Broski, listen to Brittany Broski. It's also that dynamic of bringing her into every video to say, this woman's better. Yeah. I don't see men doing this to men. Absolutely. It's like we
0: can't just drag one woman down. We have to pit her against somebody else, often against the other person's even knowledge or like, you know, desire for it I think this has really troubled me because I'm like it's just it's boring like it's really boring to me and what's really infuriating is is, and I said the same thing around Matilda Jeff is people pretending that these are like legitimate concerns for them and stuff that like is legitimately keeping them up at night it's not Well, listen, you're (laughs) trying to find some like weird niche angle to make this a conversation when it's just not a conversation yeah again as you say don't listen do not listen I think given what TikTok is looking like right now I bet you in the next month we'll be back here with someone else. We will Mm. be. And now we're going to have to talk about it. Because I've said if it's a pattern, we've got to talk about it. <laughs> so we do. How 5th story, a viral video about her 9 to 5, left people enraged. She says they're missing the point. That is from Rolling Stone. Big week for TikTok this week. Big week. So full disclaimer here. This story, if you haven't seen it around, it's probably 10 days old now. We actually, Mish, started talking about it amongst ourselves because we saw two different groups of people talk about it and have very different opinions on this one video. Mm -hmm. Trisha Paytas commented on it and the BFFs podcast commented on it and had very different ideas. I want to play you the snippet now and then we'll talk about how people have responded.
1: Yes please. This is my first job like my first nine to five job after college and I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me fucking forever to get there. I don't have time to do anything. I don't I want to shower eat my dinner and go to sleep. I don't have time or energy to
2: cook my dinner either. Like, I don't have energy to work out. Like, that's out the window. Like, nothing to do with my job at all. But just, like, the 9 to 5 schedule in general is crazy. I literally get off. It's pitch black. Like, I don't have energy. How do you have friends?
1: Like, how do you have time to, like, meet a guy? I don't know. Like, how do you have time for, like, dating? Like, I don't have time for anything. And I'm, like, so stressed out. So that video has 275,000 likes. It was popular amongst some, but controversial amongst many.
0: Yeah. Lots of people
1: hated it. Well, for what it's worth,
0: Trisha Paytas got on her podcast and agreed with this creator, Brielle, and said, I don't like that people are dragging her for this. She, Trisha Paytas, actually called the system flawed and was like, yeah, it is a flawed system, the 9 to 5 system, which I thought was an interesting take from Trisha, especially someone who, who works for themselves and sort of has created a controversial content (laughs) career for themselves the bffs podcasts were a little more savage i would say this is
1: the podcast with dave portnoy and a bunch of others through barstool it's one of the biggest podcasts in the world
0: yeah with brianna chicken fry it probably often comes up on your tiktok page as well they basically said and i will paraphrase but they basically said that's life get over it Mm. in fact i think they actually might have (laughs) said that now what's really interesting is brielle the original creator actually stitched on tiktok the BFFs podcast response, mm. and again, I will paraphrase, and said this is an interesting take to hear from people who she believed would earn more in a single year than most Americans would in a lifetime. Yeah, which is also a really important point. What do we think? I'm just fascinating oh. watching this take over my feed.
1: I think the original video from this creator Brielle of her getting really upset. I think the message is bang on. I completely relate with her first year experience of work. I remember the miserable train rides going into my very first office job and thinking, how does anyone have a life outside of all of this? I think her message was bang on. Her delivery was a little off in that it did come across as like a bit woe is me. And I think that's where people, particularly older people, like Dave Portnoy on BFFs, roll their eyes and go, pull up your socks, kid. We all did it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think to me, it looked very much like someone who's in their first year of full-time work. Like I was so tired when I started working full-time I, for the first time. Like gray, gray inside. I just had no color to me. Yeah. And I also can appreciate a few other things that are probably important to this conversation. I think the younger generation of workers are coming up in a cost of living crisis and a housing crisis, which means it's very hard for them to actually work as close to their work as maybe our parents' Mm. generation did, especially in the US as well. If we're talking about, I couldn't work out if this girl's from New York, but I think she was. If we're talking about trying to find housing in New York City, I mean- Keep
1: dreaming. See you later. Yeah.
0: I also think this conversation really depends to me on whether we're talking about really set nine to five hours or if we're talking about a nine to five, that's actually a nine to seven or a nine to eight. Because I think they are very different lives to lead. I love working nine to five. And I appreciate that it is a real privilege to like your job, like I do really like my job. So, of course, I don't mind working nine to five. I have had different jobs, though, that I uh, haven't always loved as much as I love this one. And I have always really liked the nine to five structure of my life because I finished at five and... I liked making use of my weekdays. I Mm. love my weeknights. Like I really like having a full week that is not so dependent on the weekends. That's like a really important thing to me. And I appreciate in the first year of work, it can be hard to like find that groove when, Mm. as you say, you're really tired. But I love
1: that. I I love her nine to
0: five. I love it too. (laughs) I love it too.
1: I think the struggle for Brielle is it sounds like she's Giving so much of her time up to be on this hamster wheel where she's not earning enough to save much money. She's not earning enough to move up in life and move to New York or whatever city she's working near. I feel a lot of sympathy for that. And I think a lot of content creators or people in the media are incredibly disconnected from that experience. Like, just have no sympathy for how that would feel. Yes, of course, all of us at some point in our lives have experienced that nine to five office slug. But we did it when your income was kind of proportionate to what was going on in the world and the cost of things. Yeah. Whereas now for Brielle and young people, I absolutely understand what like it would feel like what's the fucking point? Well, I also think the point you make
0: about like content creators feeling very disconnected, I think this is like the number one source of tension between content creators and their audiences. And I think that's no surprise to me. At all that a lot of the content creators I've seen start to slowly build a following in the last six to 12 months are people that work nine to five and do it on the side. Like there's a huge rise of us wanting to consume content of people who go to work and then come home and make content because I think that is the relatable thing to consume and it's true it's not the fault of content creators that they may not actually fully remember or understand what it's like but the life is different the flexibility is not there
1: it is so frustrating when you are living the life that brielle says she's living to then log on and i know we're talking a lot about TikTok this week sorry guys it's just what's in the news cycle this week (laughs) we don't make the news we can't choose the news this is what the news gave us and I think for for podcasts like BFFs, who I enjoy a lot of their podcast content, but this particular segment for me just felt like it really missed perspective. It was from three people who don't have a lens on what the current day cost of living crisis looks like whatsoever.
2: Annabelle, what do you think? I found this really fascinating. I definitely understood what Brielle was saying. I also wondered whether it had something to do with like the post-COVID world and the shift from Mm. having quite a slow lifestyle and not being forced to like go out and see friends or date or whatever. And then all of a sudden having to be in the office nine to five and then not feeling like you have the energy to do anything outside of work. Mm. I sent an Instagram post into our shit post Slack the other day where it was like coming home from work and just like cocooning. Yeah. (laughs) Because I feel like that's what I do and it's not that I don't like it. If you are an introvert though, it kind of makes it you need to like try and find a way to balance the energy. I think it's a really good point.
0: I think we spent so many years actually not having to do much else apart Mm. from work. Like we weren't able to do anything Mm. else. And so when you get used to that and your energy then suddenly has to be split between a few different things, it's hard. Took me probably six months to get back in the groove of like my life post-lockdown. And I would say I'd like to have quite a busy life. Uh like as I said on weeknights. I like to be out and about.
1: And if that's how I feel and, yeah, but I can even, understand this. Even for just nine to five when I started, it took me six months to get into the swing of things post-uni. Like, yes, I remember absolutely. it being such an adjustment. I think what young people, like we're talking about Gen Z here, I think what they're really struggling with is so many of them aren't motivated by climbing the corporate ladder. If you're motivated by climbing a ladder, like I certainly was. That's why we're, like, suited to a nine to five. I fucking love it because yeah. I really want to climb. I want to get up there. I want to have a high – performing position in the workplace. If that's not a motivation for you, the way work functions right now would be incredibly isolating and confusing. If you just stay in that position, you're never going to earn an income to be comfortable. I don't know, it's just an incredibly tense time for young people and I sympathise with them. Yeah, I understand
0: why people are upset and stressed. But... I have a
1: distraction for that because <laughs> I have the best segment on any podcast ever that we're about to play again. We are single-handedly solving the cost of living crisis. <laughs> <quite laughs> everyone, you're welcome with <laughs> slow Newsweek. What button is it about? I actually don't remember what colour it was. All right, let's play. And a slow
0: oh, Newsweek. Sh- don't worry, they'll go back to not recognizing you soon enough. I think the audience should know there were eight buttons there, and I just
1: picked one randomly, and I got the right sound. Quick maths. I don't. Is that like a twelve percent strike rate? I don't know what it is. Yeah, you it's did very about well. That.
0: Thank you so much. It might be. 12.5, Five? maybe, in any way. <laughs> Michelle, you're playing this week. Now, for our listeners who aren't quite across slow music, it's what we play when it has been a slow news week. And I'm quizzing you on the celebrity and pop culture news stories that you might have missed this week and that would never normally
1: get a run on this show. Mm. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. Um, definitely missed. I'm going to say definitely missed these because I was scouring the internet for what the celebrities were doing and I came up with nothing. Yeah, look,
0: w- w- the listeners should know as well we're currently... On equal points one and a half one and a half each i don't know when eventually the winner of this is ever crowned end of the year <laughs> last episode of the year okay so oh, i was going to say let's play in perpetuity <laughs> see how <laughs> we go all right michelle my first question for you the block finale aired on sunday night and the winners pocketed the most prize money in block history how
1: much did they win oh okay I, I actually have three options for you if you want i don't think i need them okay don't go C- for it okay one of my best friends emily texted me about this i didn't watch but she said it was somewhere like 1.7 and then they got a hundred thousand dollar bonus okay so i want to say in the 1.7 to 1.8 million range oh unfortunately i'm gonna need you to be a bit more specific <laughs> oh 1.8 no nope. Damn, I should have just given you the three options. Oh. <laughs> My arrogance got in the way. I but th- Annabelle gives out points and Annabelle can decide if I was
0: good enough. I, th- I think – no, I also – I give out points <laughs> and I say no points.
2: <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say point to Michelle. Nah, no, no oh. points, no points.
0: So – you are close. The winners, Steph and Gian, made $1.65 million over their reserve, which anyone who's watched The Block know that you get to pocket anything over your reserve. They then pocketed, as you said, the $100,000 of prize money.
1: So $1.75? 1.75. $1.75. I said oh. $1.7 to $1.8. Yeah, that is a oh, perfect right, no answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Half a point. Half a point. Because okay. you didn't get it. And I said I have three options here for you and you said no. no, nope, no. Nope, no. Nope. So I don't think we can reward that behaviour. Now for those who missed <laughs> the show, the next duo in line were Eliza and Liberty. They made $1.05 million. Wow. And then there was quite a gap, guys. Kyle and Leslie took home $130,000. Christy and Brett took home $65,000. Leah and Ash's house was passed in. It's Fuck. a ruthless show, that one.
1: That is can you imagine doing all those weeks of work, not sleeping, feeling I, exhausted, not seeing your kids or your family and then making sixty grand. I feel
0: like we nothing. have the same conversation about the block at the end of every season when there's a couple that earns sixty thousand dollars and is disappointed and everyone's like, Imagine being sad at sixty five thousand dollars And it's like, hang on a second, like let's be honest for a moment here. These people take months out of their jobs. They don't earn from their jobs. They, as you say, don't sleep, work like seven days a week for months and months and months on end. And when you do go into it saying, hey, there's a pretty good shot here that I could win a life-changing amount of money. If you're not making back your salary from your
1: job, hundred percent, then of course you're going to be disappointed. Oh my God. And I'm pretty sure across the most recent seasons of The Block, it doesn't really come down to how amazing your house is. Not taking that away from the winners, apparently their house happened to be beautiful. A lot of it comes down to what number you pick out in the last episode that determines what order you go into the auction in. Totally. It's the first couple of houses that always perform the best. If you happen to pull house five, but you've got the most beautiful house, tough titties, you're probably oh, not <laughs> back getting much. <laughs> All right, well done. Point
0: five of a point for you. <laughs> I reckon you'll get this next one. Okay. On Saturday, Taylor Swift went out for dinner. With four famous friends, Yep. name them all: Selena Gomez,
1: Brittany Mahomes, uh, Sophie Turner. You've got this. And Gigi Hadid. Yes! Wow! Fuck,
0: yes! That's one point five to you. You are right. They went to Bond Street in New York City. Four out of five have dated Jonas brother. Oh, Just as a fun
1: fact. So Selena Gomez, is the only one who hasn't. No, Selena did. Oh, Britney Mahomes. Who's Selena? Nick. Ta- Nick.
0: Oh yeah! I also thought kind of interesting as well. Selena Gomez recently had a fling with Zayn Malik, so says the tabloids. Yeah, also her with Gigi. And Gigi. And, yeah, fascinating. All right, third question, <laughs> just to round us out. <laughs> Jacob Elordi is doing a bunch of press this week for on. the upcoming Priscilla film. He said he needed to bulk up for the role. He ate oh. a pound of what? Oh, I know day, this. I know this. In the lead up to filming, it's not yours. <laughs> you
1: can't give her the point. Can I buy a letter? No. Any letter in the word? No. Oh, yeah, sure. A. A. Because I was going to say. Po- and it's, I was it's gonna somewhere say, in the word.
0: I was going to say potato.
1: I'm just going to go potato.
0: No, bacon. Oh, yum. A pound. I don't, a pound of bacon a day, he said. This was in a conversation with Sofia Coppola and Kaylee Spaney. And he said to kind of mimic Elvis Presley's eating habits he averaged like a pound of bacon a day he said it's not that
1: noticeable because I'm quite long
0: <laughs> <laughs> long <laughs> which I
1: thought was a funny way to say
2: yeah. I'm
0: just
1: really fucking tall I'd love to actually go see this film if my gals want to come with you. I would love to see it
0: it's not out for a couple of months in Australia it's out in the US like this week oh what when I was doing my digging I was like when is this out in Australia my research told me January I also didn't watch the Austin Butler Elvis. No, but neither. Do want to watch this mm, one? Same.
1: Well, this is from
0: Priscilla's perspective. I think I also care more about Priscilla than I do Elvis. What about you guys? Well, the
1: trailer looks banger. It yeah. really centered, on, obviously, centered on Priscilla, and it looks like Kaylee
2: plays an incredible. Priscilla, it's getting really good reviews. And I did watch the Austin Butler Elvis and I didn't like it. So I have high hopes for this one.
0: One thing I have to note, I know we always say men don't do this as much. Men aren't pitted against each other as much as women. And that is true. People have been pitting the Austin Butler Jacob Elordi thing, haven't they? I Mm. did that on our own Instagram (laughs) account.
1: Oh, my God. I actually got called out for this. Sorry. Sorry to the listeners. I'm so sorry. I, I did post both of them in this film. I posted the quote that Austin Butler said he spoke like Elvis for three years and, like, didn't see his family because he was method acting. And then Jacob Elordi said his knowledge of Elvis was limited to Lilo and Stitch. And I posted that and then I posted clips of them both acting as Elvis and I thought it was like a fun little funny thing that I did. But then I read the comments and I was like, oops. Well, here's the thing.
0: I don't think – I know I brought this up and now we really actually have to unpack this properly <laughs> to make sure we don't get cut back. I don't think pitting men and women against each other is like literally the same thing. I think we've said that many times on the podcast. It's happened It's happened to women for centuries. It will happen to women for centuries. And I think the undercurrent when we're criticising women is very different to the undercurrent that we're criticising men. So I'm sorry for raising this. <laughs> (laughs) Throwing you
1: under the bus as well. Well, I want to defend myself as well. I actually don't think this is sexist. I think if two actors are playing the same person in a short amount of time, we're naturally going to compare. Reminds me of when all the Princess Diana content was coming out. So they both dated Kaya. Yeah, sorry. It's awkward. There's there's too much overlap and I don't think it's sexist if we have two actors, male, female, whatever, playing the same person to say, hey, who's betrayal was a little stronger. Yeah, tell them. Yeah. Come on, guys. What, what <laughs> the end of the, that's all we've
0: got time for today. Get around me. <laughs> <laughs> guys, if you want to support the show, just go and like Michelle's meme. Oh, myself, don't We're on Instagram at Podcast. We're on TikTok at shameless underscore podcast. Annabelle Louie, Annabelle Botley. Annabelle Botley. Man, anything to add? to add? Nothing to add. Nothing uh, to add. All right, guys, we'll be back in your ears on Monday. Bye.
1: Shameless
3: Media.
1: This podcast
2: was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hi
3: guys, Shameless Media's video producer Charlotte here. I'm abruptly popping up at the end of this episode to tell you about a new series I've been working on called The Tastemakers. It lives on the Shameless Book Club feed, and the series explores the inspiration and motivation of Australia's most trusted tastemakers. Hosted by the wonderful Gemma Diamond and spanning across six episodes, we'll hear about everything from beauty to lifestyle and food. One of my favourite episodes to film was with Maggie Zhao. She's such a bookworm and she offered up some really interesting, in-depth insights that I really loved. It's so good to see Gemma and Maggie sit down and talk about books and they just had such a fantastic chemistry on the day that when we were shooting, I just knew that this was a good episode.
2: Oh my God. So do you know how we talk about social media and it's like, yeah, like an overnight success, like this person, you know, overnight literally gained a million followers, right? So think of that and now think of the opposite (laughs) of that. (laughs) And
3: that is me. Tastemakers is made for anybody who is looking for a slice of inspiration from influential women who are ready to offer up their expertise. Search for The Shameless Book Club in your favourite podcast app now. Have a listen and make sure to click follow so you don't miss your next favourite episode.